Film Pulse is supported by the kind donations from listeners like you. Please consider subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash filmpulse for just $1 a month and help keep the podcast on the air. Thank you so much and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 254. My name's Adam Patterson. Joining me today, we got Kevin Rakestraw. How are you, Kevin? Good. Today on the show, we'll be talking about Wonder Woman. We'll also be going over some of what we're watching on the watch list. Bringing that back. It's been, what, three weeks since we've covered a watch list section? It's been a while. Yeah, we'll have to truncate what we saw into just... Some uh, some choice selections. We'll also be talking about what's coming out on VOD, new releases in theaters, Blu-ray, all of that stuff. I want to thank our two latest patrons who donated at patreon.com forward slash filmpulse. Andy, Andy, again, I apologize. He, he donated a couple weeks ago and I totally missed it on the list. Oh. Oh, so, man. so I apologize again, Andy. Thank Andy. you so much for your contribution. And we also have Alan Franklin. Thank you again, Alan. Alan actually has his own patron that you can check out. If you just uh, go to Patreon and type in Alan Franklin, uh, it'll come up. He's doing artwork on there. So thank you very much again, guys, for your support. And again, if you want to help us, Keep the show going and ad-free, patreon.com forward slash filmpulse. Keep the lights on, so to speak. Let's just, uh, I, I was thinking we could just go right into it. Go right into Wonder Woman. Before yeah, we before that. we start talking about Wonder Woman, you don't get to go to the movies a whole lot. And every time you do, you seem to have some sort of theater story. Do you have anything with this one? Did anything happen with this one? Uh, not, I mean, actually, it was... It wasn't too bad, except for the guy behind me that was there with his kids, and his kids were more well-behaved than he was. Yeah. He'd like, he wouldn't shut the fuck up, and the, at one point, he was just, like, tapping his feet for, like, five minutes, mm. just slapping, slapping him on the floor, just doing that shit. That was really annoying. But other than that, not bad. It's kind of surprised. So my, my theater experience was good all the way up until probably the halfway mark or even even the start of the third act maybe uh i went to see it in the at amc in the dolby atmos screen that they have there which probably next to 70 millimeter that's my favorite way to to see a movie anytime it's playing in the dolby atmos theaters i always go there because the the picture quality and the sound is just the best in those theaters Again, next to 70 millimeter, because that's always going to be my preferred method. But everything was fine until, again, it was like maybe halfway through. There was this family sitting in the very front row and stadium seating. And then the and then the, the ground floor has a few rows uh, together. And so basically you can see what's happening in the front row very easily if you're up a couple levels in the seating. Mm-hmm. What do I see? Fucking fidget spinner. A fidget spinner starts going. And it's a, it's a light up one. So it was very obvious. This fidget spinner starts going. And I, and I was like, okay. I just, I shrugged it off at first. Cause it was like, okay, well maybe he just, you know, did it by accident. Maybe he's just like holding it in his hand and spun it. 
But no, it keeps going. So it keeps going for like half a minute. And then the kid like sticks his arm in the air with the spinner and like raises it up above his head. And it's like lighting up and flashing and stuff. It looks terrible. So at this point, he's doing it on purpose. And I'm like, what is happening down here? And then, because I was thinking, why why does the parent not be like, stop, don't do that. This is inappropriate to do in a theater environment. The the person, the parent, I'm assuming it was a parent next to him, starts yeah. playing on the phone. Oh. And it was like, it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't a small screen phone either. And they didn't have their brightness turned down. It was like. <laughs> Full blast. It was like a, an iPhone 7 Plus, big ass screen. And then they're like, they're scrolling, they're paging through. They're doing, they're doing God knows what on there. But it's just so bright. So I have iPhone 7 Plus, fidget spinner, tandem going, and I was just losing my mind. I was like, how? Like, everybody else in this theater has to see this because they're right down front center. <laughs> so that that was a bit of a bummer. It didn't. I would, and the, the interesting thing is, is I was actually thinking about this with the guy behind me tapping his feet, doing whatever, because apparently he was bored or something. But I. And I think I've mentioned this before, but every time that I have a bad theater experience, you know, or something something happens in a theater that's irritating, you know, someone answers a phone call and starts talking or, you know, making noises or talking or whatever, it's always it's always older people. I've never had I've never once had a problem with a young person in a theater. Yeah, I I, I rarely have issues. I really I really don't have too many issues. Usually the the screenings I go to, people are very respectful, and if if kids start getting out of control, you know the parents will take them take them out or calm them down. But this one man, that this family, they just had no they had no respect. And and the crazy thing is like this is a family of probably four or five people, and these tickets for this movie are like twenty dollars a piece. So it's like you you spent probably a hundred plus dollars on this theater experience. Why are you playing on your phone and letting your kid fuck around with the fidget spinner the whole time? And, and you know the whole the whole fidget spinner thing didn't it didn't bother me. Like I thought that they were just kind of a dumb fad, like slap bracelets or whatever. Just the next thing that's going to be gone in two weeks didn't affect me at all. I mean, they're kind of annoying because they're everywhere. Like I, I when I was walking home from the theater, I passed a shoe store, like a Foot Locker, and in the window it was like. Fidget spinners, eight dollars, like in Foot Locker or whatever. And I'm like, what? Yeah. This you're this is a shoe store. Why are you selling these stupid things? And they're like every I, yeah. every like every block, there's like two people on the street selling these damn things. But other than that, I was like, whatever, they're fine, I don't care. Yeah, the but, Turkey Hill has them right right there when you when you're getting ready to pay. Yeah. Fidget spinners, five ninety nine. And I love how I guess there's different types of fidget spinners, and then this one has you know, in a big star that like, they, I think they made it like inside of like PowerPoint or something. And it says like, it, it just touts that these have the best ball bearings. Well, you know, know you know how they started. Stars. So like they started as like a high end product. Like these things were like a hundred dollars a piece and they were like really high end. They were all made of metal and very high quality. And then these Chinese manufacturers started coming out with these cheap, like two dollar, three dollar plastic versions of them, and that's that's what well, it's just like. Even, last year was it two years ago or last year with the whole hoverboard thing? The, the but stupid... how do you have like 
what do you need a hundred dollar fidget spinners for? I didn't know that. That's ridiculous. Well, they're just, you know, they're, which, they're, which they're, they're, they were geared, they were marketed towards like rich, young professionals, like the Wall Street guys. You know, they're, they're doing tons of cocaine. They need something to do with their hands. They're just fidgeting everywhere during these big Wall Street meetings. So they, so they buy <laughs> it, these really expensive little spinners. It is funny because I, my, my nephews got some the other day. So I got to finally see a fidget spinner. I heard all this talk of fidget spinner. I had no idea what they are. And it's essentially just uh, in a watch movement, you have a, an oscillating weight or rotor that it's essentially the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. It's ball bearings and it, you know, the oscillating weight rotor, whatever you want to call it, spins with your wrist movement and then it's attached to wheels. And that's what winds your watch. Sure. So it's, 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 that's what it is. And it's just when I was looking at it, I was like, this is, this is just a blown up version of what I work on. And I get it because when I'm, I like spinning that thing around. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun little activity to do because they spin forever and it's just, it's cool. It's a cool little visual that you get with them. So it's just crazy to me, even, you know, a hundred dollars, like even in a watch movement, they're not a hundred dollars. Damn. Yeah, but these are like they're bigger, not bigger, but they're they're probably the size of the actual like cheap plastic ones, but they're all made of metal and they're just it's like really high quality parts. I can't yeah. remember where I first saw them. Um it was like one of those like Gilt or one of those like high-end men's uh apparel sites. Uh, that's funny. Anyway, let's get back to Wonder Woman. Enough of this fidget spinner nonsense. <laughs> How long do you think until a fidget spinner movie? <laughs> I mean, an animal crackers movie. I mean, it's... Oh my god! I or would love. Least, like, I would love to see. <laughs> you know, some some dickheads working on that right now. Like Max Landis working on that <laughs> fidget, fidget spinner. spinner. Fidget spinner apocalypse. Uh... Hey guys, quick note: after going back and listening to this, I realized that there may be some things that we talk about that could be considered mild spoilers for the film. So if you haven't seen it, you might want to consider uh, watching the movie, then coming back and listening to it. Just a warning. We don't give away the end or anything like that, but we do kind of discuss some of the plot elements and some of the the characters. So just a quick spoiler warning. All right. So Wonder Woman, this is directed by Patty Jenkins. I have a synopsis here. Before she was Wonder Woman, she was Diana, princess of the Amazon's trained warrior. When a pilot crashes and tells of conflict in the outside world, she leaves home to fight a war to end all wars, discovering her full powers and true destiny. That's right. This stars Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, Robin Wright, Danny Houston. Um, Ewan Bremner's in there. I didn't even know he was in this. Mm-hmm. Lucy Davis, we'll start with you, Kevin, since you're uh, typically not a big superhero guy. What did you Crash. think of Wonder Woman? Right. <laughs> Here we go. Here <laughs> we go. That's all I got. I'm done. Time for a watch list. Uh, no, uh, Wonder Woman uh, is actually, it was rather disappointing, I thought. Uh, there wasn't There wasn't a lot that I that I truly enjoyed. I like I mean I liked I liked um character. I enjoyed her. I enjoyed uh, Gal Gadot. 
the action I thought was a little. Uh, there was only a couple sequences where it, uh, it was I thought was like really energizing and like invigorating. I thought everything else was just it was just too bogged down with that the the uh, number one this the effects being a little shaky and the uh, the overuse of uh, slow motion, whereas like every single movement was just like let's slow it down and then you know back to regular speed slow it down back to regular speed and a lot of the times when they're going for the you know the slow down it's it's kind of like a mundane action that's happening it's just kind of her like hitting someone with the shield and it's you know it's just the, the pacing of the action i just i wasn't on board with i just felt it was a bit you know overutilized especially considering that with the you know a lot of the stuff that was slowing down for wasn't that you know impressive in my eyes, I mean, it, it, not to say that all of it was unimpressive, but a lot of it was. It's just, it was rough. And then Chris Pine, uh, he was all over the place. I don't, I don't know what. I, I'm really curious to see what you think of Chris Pine in this movie, because there's times where I think he's doing a fantastic job, and then there's other times where he's just, he's terrible. He's just really bad. Um, it, was, it was really confusing to me. I didn't I didn't necessarily have a problem with him. I didn't think that he knocked it out of the park or anything. I think that during the more dramatic moments he was less effective. I thought that the more kind of comedic moments where he was kind of reacting to the fish out of water scenario with Diana being, you know, in in the uh the world of man. Which yeah, yeah I thought that, is- that was more effective than when he was trying to be the more melodramatic moments yeah which i did really enjoy that stuff that was kind of surprising actually is the there's a decent amount of comedy in here that i wasn't really expecting well the the thing that surprised me was that there was a decent amount of comedy that actually for me at least landed like i thought that was actually pretty good Uh, yeah which normally within these dc movies there's very little comedy and when there is it just usually falls flat and i thought that it was actually pretty effective in this they didn't they used it sparingly but uh it it when they when it did happen it i thought it worked yeah to me and none of it really felt um forced and none of it was uh at least in my eyes i didn't see it as that like wink wink you know that type of comedy where it's like you know, kind of like yeah, like they didn't do any like, kind of in this jokes. Is, like, this is like really fucking obvious. Yeah, like she she didn't go like, "Where's my invisible jet?" or something like that. Like, it'd be cool to have an invisible. You know, like any kind of yeah, they, those you know, types they of jokes. Do that stupid fucking humor. That was one of the issues with Batman v Superman. And one of the many issues was that when they tried to inject the comedy in there, it all felt so forced and ham fisted. Yeah, 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 and it's usually it's just really hacky. Is that's usually the you know that's the kind of the comedy that I'm kind of grown used to with superhero movies. Is that kind of like hacky shit where it's kind of like catering to everyone. You're you know you're trying to play to a huge broad audience, so you're just doing this like really easy shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is not to say that this was like a high level intellectual humor. But just to me, it, it just worked really well. Yeah, I'll I'll agree with that. My overall thoughts on the movie, I liked it quite a bit. Uh, 
up until maybe the halfway point, I lo- I was loving it. Like I was like, holy shit, this movie is incredible. I am loving every second of this. But at some point, it it started to lose me a little bit, and I think that it was it was probably after the the big kind of battle mm-hmm. sequence when they when they went to the the village and and saved yep. the village when they went to no man's land after that action sequence uh it started to kind of fall off a little bit for me i still came out of it really enjoying it but i thought that it did lose steam there and i had this i felt honestly it felt really reminiscent of at least the, the way that i responded to it was the uh the first Captain America. Well, yeah, I mean, it definitely has like shades that of that, but I think that this. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, this is I. I mean, more so as like how I reacted to it. Like the first Captain America movie, I was I was so into it. I fucking loved it. Like the whole build up. I kind of realizing like I love the portion of superhero movies where they're not quite the superhero yet. Like everything kind of leading up to that point and. Like the same thing with Captain America is when he had like his first, like when he first went into battle as Captain America, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, yes, yes, this is fucking awesome. And then everything after that, I was just kind of like, eh, which was the same thing here. I had the same exact reaction where the no man's land sequence was phenomenal, fucking loved it. And then everything after that was kind of like, eh. well, it's because what happens is it turns from a war movie into a superhero movie. Like that's that's the transition because the same thing happened in Captain America where the there was a there was an uh, the battle early on and he was Captain America yes but it was it was framed like it was a war movie a World War Two movie and in this one it's a World War One movie uh, the thing that that I liked uh, maybe I came out I think I actually liked this more than than Captain America and I, I did like Cap the first Captain America quite a bit was that if this felt more like a war movie than I expected um, mm. that like that no man's land sequence and the, the following sequence, even, even when it does sort of go into uh, more of a superhero movie, it, it still felt like very much like a war movie to me. And there was a lot more of the whole war aspect than I, than I really expected. I didn't expect there to be um, that much time given to the battles Mm-hmm. And I, I liked that a lot. Like that that first battle when she like climbs up out of the trench and just that whole it was just it felt so epic and I was just so into everything about that. And yeah, because because f- even at that point in time, you're kind of you know they've been kind of like teasing her. Right, because that, that's the first time you, you really yeah, see her open and up. You, and you just want you want Wonder Woman to just wreck some shit. Yeah, exactly. Point. And does she? I also liked Gal Gadot a lot as Wonder Woman. Uh, I I expected I would because I liked her in Batman v Superman, so I, I fully expected to to like her in that in that role. Uh, I think I like her even more now that I've actually seen what she can do as like the the central character. Mm-hmm. And uh, I th- I think it was a really great choice. And the I liked. Uh, you know, having Robin Wright be sort of her her mentor, her aunt in the movie. Uh, just just a lot of really strong female characters in this movie, which was probably the most refreshing yeah, aspect I'm, of it. Is that I can totally see why this is like the kind of the ultimate women empowerment 
movie because there were a lot of they played with a lot of themes uh, of gender and race and you know the overarching theme of kind of war so they they did kind of go a little deeper with this than uh than just your typical superhero movie a little bit but i think i mean the big thing for me they kind of after the no man's land which the thing that kind of irritated me is got it got pretty predictable from there on out where it was like, of course she's going to fall in love with Chris Pine. And obviously that happens really quickly after that because we can't go like five fucking minutes without someone falling in love with someone. Well, I mean, sort of, I mean, more, more than anything, he falls in love with her. Yeah. But he, he kind of essentially kind of like teaches her about it. So she falls in love. Yeah, but and there wasn't it. Course, it wasn't done in a. I I didn't think that was done in, in any kind of egregious way where there was like a like a love scene with them like making out. I thought. It, I thought. No, it was, well, I they thought did. It was they did. They you know the old. Uh, I guess the uh, the family version of it where they like go into a room and they start kissing and then the camera backs out to show the house and it's like yeah we got you but it's just that, that I mean that kind of bothered me then even towards the end where like she can't. She can't do it all by herself. Of course, Chris Pine has to save the day. So I don't know how it's really 100% empowering because it still falls on him to save the day. Right, but it's up to her to, to save the world. Like, Yeah, but she doesn't save the world. Like, she kills one dude. Right, which ends the war. Which but there's still, there's still war. In the future? Well, then she's going to have to come back and save the world again. Well, that's what she. You don't have to just save the world one time, Kevin, and then it's good forever. I just thought it's a work in progress. I did find it slightly humorous that you know she she doesn't really know about the human world and everything. She's kind of learning everything as she goes, and she makes some realizations that you know because kind of how it starts over where she's like, I used to think I'd save the world and all this, and she's really naive, you know, and just kind of um, uh, idealistic. And so towards, you know, you kind of come to this realization where she's like, okay, so she, so she killed one person and kind of stopped the war there and then just went into a life of like, I mean, it seems like she has a really upscale job and she just like full in bought into like making money, just having a nice ass job. Oh, but she's she's like superhero and she's like occasionally like I'll fight some people. Because I, I didn't stop war. It was interesting that I like that still kind of confuses me. There's a lot of stuff that confused me there, especially with that. What did you you wanted her to be like a pauper living on the streets and fighting crime at night? Well, you would <laughs> think like she seemed like because she, she was like so bought into the idea of like I help everyone. I'm always well. Helping maybe people. she became rich in order to become a philanthropist. Maybe, but. It seems like she should like not be in the basement in Paris, like in a like really nice museum dealing with antiquities. That maybe she should be out. I don't know. Maybe they'll d- delve into it further in other Wonder Woman's. I don't know. It's just it was. I just found that odd. All right. Well, to see to see where where she was is like. There's a lot of stuff. Like, how does she get from that point to the other point? Which I know is not this film's fault. I mean, the, you know, the, I, I well, it's like a hundred years have passed. <laughs> I, I mean, that's what I mean. But she it has was... plenty of time to to amass wealth. <laughs> but it, but should she though? Like, why is she? Well, interested why not? In wealth. 
Well, again, maybe why should she? Maybe like, she's why? just she's just looking to make a living. She's just trying to live her life. Well, she can still live a life. She doesn't have to be, you know, egregiously rich, right? I'm sure that she. That gives. seems like that goes against I'm sure the that ethos. She gives. Of, that seems to go against the ethos of Wonder Woman. I'm sorry, it just seems to go against everything that Wonder Woman stands for. I don't. I don't know that she would necessarily have to stand for poverty. I mean, she. I think that you can be a good person and do good while still being rich. Yeah, like, I, don't, I, know, I don't think but it's a, at the same a time, foregone what conclusion. It, like, <laughs> it, what is she using as her as her like as a template? Like, is, is it? Well, no, I don't want to go down that road. I will. I'll, that's. I won't say that. But I just. I don't know. It just seemed to go against everything that that she was that she was kind of standing for. Uh, I don't I know. I I, I I find that one. I find that hard to believe. I'm not. I don't no, know. I don't know. I don't know. Still, just didn't feel. I do like how I I like the, the a lot of the stuff that I really enjoyed was like when she first showed up in London and how she's kind of combating the uh the like the sexism that she has to deal with there. Yeah. And it, like, she's just complete like she doesn't really she doesn't know it because she really has no knowledge of this world whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But again, like after that point, like from, from the village point with her falling in love with Chris Pine, everything was just, it was like the same. It was just predictable from there on out. Yeah. I mean, it's just it, disappointing. It, it does turn into sort of a conventional superhero movie at that point. And that, like I said, that that's what kind of was a little disappointing for me too, but it's it's still at its core. It's still a superhero movie, so yeah, you yeah. still gotta and 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 plus, I mean, she's someone who is like Superman levels of powerful. So in order for her to have a conflict, in order for her to have some sort of a challenge or threat, like you you have to kind of up the ante with that too. And of course, being a superhero movie, you're gonna have a big conflict at, at the climax. You're gonna have a big showdown at the end, which. Yeah, that's which, to be expected. That was a little. That's, I think I think a lot of people would would be disappointed if that if something big didn't culminate at the end. Where yeah, if and it, I have to I say think, that I do I do like this culmination a bit better than what I've kind of. That was one area where it did kind of you know kind of uh, went against my expectations because I was kind of you know we talked about it numerous times with superhero movies where it's like there's something falling onto the city and they have to save it. You know, there's this, there's a giant know, beam coming yeah. down from the sky, you know, yeah, that type of thing. New whereas York. like, this was, this was old school where it was just, you know, like one versus one. one yeah. Yeah. So that was, but that was even kind of confusing as well because he kind of points out, he was, you know, when he's going through his spiel or whatever, and he was like, Oh, I was left, I was left uh, too weak and broken to continue fighting. So I've just been, kind of influencing but yet here he is like kicking the shit out of wonder woman yeah i don't know yeah i it's like, I, I don't quite i don't quite know that i mean maybe he's gathering strength from her or something because they said like i guess so because they I kept saying they, they kept saying that the more power that she has the more strength she has then like the more he's gonna be aware of it so maybe he's actually gathering strength from her too I guess that, so. That's Which, kind of what yeah, I thought, I guess but that could be that could be that could be the case because then she does kind of flip the tables there, where she's kind of 
That, I guess that is the case because then she's the one that's kind of drawing power from him in right. order to become exactly. stronger. Exactly. Of, yeah. Okay. Okay. I got you. I got you on that one. See, that's why it's good to, to talk things out. Yeah, you got to talk it out. Got to got to hash it out. Uh, so, what did you think of the the visuals? Now, I know you said that you thought that the the effects work was a little shaky. The one thing that I did thoroughly enjoy and I thought was great is when she busted out the lasso. Oh yeah, I thought the lasso looked great, especially when she got to use it in like actual fight sequences. I thought that looked phenomenal. Yeah, the lasso looked great. I thought I thought by and large the the action was pretty awesome, uh, especially when she's like busting through walls and windows and stuff and just kicking I, yeah. so much so much German ass. I did my favorite, and again, this is another thing that I I made me chuckle a little bit. Number one, I love when she she they did the shield thing and she slammed into the and just completely crumbled. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> like that, that was so awesome. But I love that a little bit later on when they're kind of like you know riding horses through the forest or whatever, and all the guys are talking. You know, about the ragtag team of guys are talking, and you know. Um, he chris pine's character kind of tells them what how you know how they met everything and they don't really believe them they think it's ridiculous and this and that and how they're kind of going over things and they're like "Ah, i don't know if i believe it and i'm thinking you guys just held up well let's go back before that you saw a flip a tank right (laughs) you guys saw a flip a tank (laughs) and just throw it and then you held up you the three of you in unison, had to gather the strength to hold up a door from that tank in order to, for her to jump off of and just completely dismantle a bell tower just by jumping into it. And you're still like on horseback through the forest, thinking, "Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if she's special or not." Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what more does she have to do? Yeah. Do you not remember No Man's Land? They they, you... they they quickly jump on board though. After after that conversation in the woods, the after the next sequence, they I think that they're uh, they're sold on it. But it was still it's still just funny with it. Like I don't know I don't know if I believe that. Maybe. And it was funny that you know the the Native American guys like I believe it. Yeah. And like well yeah read him you know. <laughs> he was, he, he he was the 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 reasonable one. <laughs> I believe it, because I think he was standing back and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, no, I did." You remember when she flipped the tank and then just jumped into a building and completely destroyed it? Do you guys not remember that? Um, I I liked the visuals uh, quite a bit. I thought that the 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 scenes at the beginning of Themyscira looked really awesome. Like that that whole. Oh, yeah, the island look looked just so beautiful and lush. I want to go there. Uh, they, were, they were fantastic. That was a nice realization there, that whole world. I thought it was a nice kind of juxtaposition between that, you know, this island paradise, and then this uh, smog-filled, gray, dark version right. of London, and then also all the the scenes in the war that, that had that kind of gritty... Uh, you know, saving Private Ryan looked to them. And I thought all all of this that stuff was was really great. I thought that the the visuals in general I thought were were quite good. I I am a little tired of the the dark gritty DC kind of look. 
Um, <laughs> I know that you know after Nolan's Batman trilogy, they kind of tried to keep that look going because of the success of that, and and it didn't really, it hasn't really worked. And I think that this one is less that it, it's not quite as dark and and gritty, but it when it does go there, it fits with the the thematic elements. So for for me, that that all that pretty much worked. I like the uh, the Wonder Woman costume a lot. I mean, we've got to see a, a good bit of it in Batman v Superman, but obviously we see it a lot more in this. And one of the things that I was kind of concerned about was like, is she gonna wear the outfit? Or is she going to get it at like the very end and wear it for one fight scene? Because they always do that in mm-hmm. in these superhero movies, and it's always a bummer. But So I was glad to see that she got the outfit right off the bat and wore it pretty much the whole time, except when she was trying to blend in with the normies. Uh, what did you think of the the villains? So we have Danny Houston as kind of the, the sort of main bad guy, <laughs> and then we have... Um, uh, I don't oh, know. Are you gonna are you gonna spoil it? No. Okay. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spoil. I mean, we've already gone into mild spoilers already, so I'm probably yeah. gonna give a spoiler warning before this anyway. I'm gonna. But just... I did like the main the main bad guy. The whole when they were talking to each other, then she kind of comes around the corner, and he wasn't there. Yeah, that I thought cool. that that was pretty. Yeah, because it, it, I like how they kind of like tease that, like how much power these people have. I enjoy that. I enjoy the teasing. I'm a fan of the teasing. Well, I thought that the villains in this one were a lot stronger than what we've seen in a lot of the superhero movies. I mean, typically with the Marvel movies, the the villains are not... Those are always pretty much the weakest aspects of them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The DC movies are always better at doing villains, and I think that this these villains were, were quite good. I mean, I, want, I would like to have seen more with uh, Elena... Elena Anya as uh, oh, yeah. Doctor Morrow because she was Poison. she was a very interesting and creepy villain. Yeah, she was rocking the, uh, the face mask like she had in the skin I live in. Yeah, and the uh, I thought that that was an interesting uh, fold in there to throw like her little her like smelling salts almost. It kind of yeah. gave uh, Ludendorff his like superhuman strength there for a little bit. It was funny how that di- ultimately that didn't matter at all. Like even with the super strength, <laughs> she still fucking wrecked him. Uh, yeah, I like the parts where Wonder Woman was just beating the shit out of people. That was cool. Yeah, and uh, fortunately, we do get to see a sizable amount of her kicking a lot of ass. Yeah, it's not wall to wall action. Like the pacing feels feels good to me whereas the pacing in batman v superman i thought was just all over the place and i thought it was kind of a mess i thought that the pacing in this one was a lot more even well yeah i mean i haven't seen batman versus superman but well, you don't need to <laughs> you, you really don't need to are you sure yeah I'm i don't sure. know i did I'm see sure. the i do i mean not to get well i mean it's still kind of wonder woman but i did get to see the justice league uh trailer before wonder woman uh, that looks fucking terrible. Well, I don't know what's happening with that because it's supposed to come out in November, but Zack Snyder left the project yeah, and Joss Whedon, I know for absolutely tragic reason, yeah. but Joss. But, and, and that's a perfect example. Sorry to cut you off, but before I lose it, that's a perfect example. That trailer is like that hammy fucking comedy shit. 
Yeah, it looks like yeah, it looks like Aquaman is gonna be very uh-huh. heavy, very heavy on that kind of comedy. Definitely. Oh God. I don't know though. I mean, Joss Whedon's taking over, so maybe, <clears throat> maybe it'll change. I think it's weird that there's a there's been multiple trailers. That was like the second or third trailer. There might have been like a teaser and then two trailers for that. The movie's supposed to be coming out in November, and it lost its director, which yeah. I would assume means that they're not done shooting it yet. So I, I would imagine. So yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with that. I do like to think of in the movie how they're kind of before uh, Wonder Woman, Diana, whatever goes off, and they're kind of like you know they don't deserve you. And I like to retroactively put that into the the trailer for Justice League. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like. No, they don't, they don't deserve Wonder Woman in there. Uh, they really don't. I mean, I, I like Ben Affleck as Batman, but he hasn't had his own little standalone movie yet. So all we can really go off of is Batman v Superman, which was such a such a disappointing mess. I can't, I just, I don't know what they're going to do here. But I mean, the good thing is they have a good one now. Like they had a lot of bad ones and now they have a good one. So we'll, What's we'll the good see. one. This one, I think this was oh. a, this is a good one. Oh, okay. I slightly disagree. I thought it was all right. I mean, I was a little let down. I because was she was down. rich at the end. <laughs> no, there was the other thing. There's. I would have loved it, but man, she just had too much money. <laughs> well, it went against her whole fucking philosophy. It's bullshit. Oh, God. Second is the whole, like, why she had to fall in love with the fucking dweeb Chris Pine. That was, give me a break. And she couldn't do it on it. You know, it was just, it was fucking predictable, like always, where it's like, oh, she's she's got to fall in love and she learns that love is the only answer and she can't do it on her own. She, she's got to have that guy to help her out. But bullshit. Give me a fucking break. Overuse of uh, the, the slow motion stuff. Like, you don't need to use slow motion that much. Just chill, cool out. Especially not when it's just like, I'm hitting this person on the head with a shield. <laughs> We don't just need to do slow, in their head. We don't need to slow motion bonk. We don't need that. You know, keep it keep it special. Keep that slow mo special, especially when you go into like the no man's land version where, you know, she's getting hit with all the bullets on her shield. Slow mo there, fantastic. All that other stuff, no, thank you. We don't need that. Yeah, uh, the slow mo didn't bother me in this. Uh, t- normally, I. I am bothered a lot by the overuse of slow motion, especially when I feel like it's unnecessary. Uh, but it didn't, it didn't really bother me too much in, in this one. I mean, I recognized it. I noticed when it was happening, but when it, during the scenes that it did happen, I was so, I was kind of so in the moment that it, it really didn't bother me. Uh, I was fully invested in those scenes, but I'll tell you like up until after that, that first big battle, like I was absolutely loving this movie. I was like, holy shit, this is like, this is really up there as far as superhero movies. And then it just, yeah. it just kind of, yeah, it just dropped, yeah, it dropped off. I, I mean, one of the things that I did find interesting, cause uh, me and my wife were talking about this beforehand where like, I was telling her about the, I think it was the guardian. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it's, you know, a male critic, it reviewed it, gave it a bad review. And one of his, his problems with this is he was saying like confusingly diana explains that for the amazons yes men are necessary for procreation but for pleasure they've been deemed unnecessary and to him 
obviously he thought that was confusing because I don't, I apparently he, he doesn't know certain things. I don't know, but which I thought was like a ridiculous line and it, because it just kind of showed to how stupid he is. Well, it wasn't even just but, to pause you there. Like it wasn't even, she wasn't talking about Amazon specifically. She was talking about a series of books yeah. that were written that she read. Which is the other thing. It wasn't even written by someone that was an Amazon. <laughs> Which is the other thing that got me is, because like when I read that, I was like, oh, gee, like, because even my wife was just like, oh, poor guy. He doesn't know. He doesn't know things. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny because she actually said, she's like, well, he's a movie reviewer. And then she was like, oh, I'm sorry, you are too. And so it was kind of the implication that whatever. Um, but to see it in the context of the movie then made it even more bizarre to me because I'm like, it's such a small line. Like, why? Why hang that, on that? Yeah, why did that take up so much of your, like, why, why was that such a point for you in your review? It was like a throwaway. Yeah, I, I don't know. There have been some pretty ridiculous. The I was trying to find it. The Vulture review of this movie is absolutely unbelievable when you when you read some of the oh, some man, of the choice selections of the vulture review I, I don't have it in front of me but oh my god it's unbelievable it's not a negative review it's just some of the things that they that the the the, the uh, critic says and it's just i don't understand is it just is it just him talking about how wonderful gaga is he does. He does uh, say that. Whole like right off the bat, he's like, "It's the perfect blend of super babe in the woods, innocence and mouthiness." The fuck is a super babe in the woods, innocence? But he mentions. Hold on, I've never heard of that. Is that a thing? <laughs> is, that, is that a certain type of innocence that I don't know about? Yeah, evidently. <laughs> While Wonder Woman is still into ropes. Diana's lasso both catches bad guys and squeezes the truth out of them. Fans might be disappointed that there's no trace of the comic's well-documented S&M kinkiness. With a female director, Patty Jenkins, at the helm, Diana isn't even photographed to elicit slobbers. <laughs> Slobbering S&M-oriented American patriots will, will be will be even more put out, given that Wonder Woman is no longer dressed in red, white, and blue, but golden-toned for the international. And perhaps these days less American-friendly ticket buyers. I didn't miss <laughs> Linda Carter's buxom apple-cheeked pinup, though. It was worth waiting for Godot. Mm, yikes. I mean, just... Yikes. Uh, yikes. Just seems a little crass. Yeah, like, uh, I get it. You think Gal Gadot's attractive. Like, but like that's not the movie. Maybe talk about something else. Besides that, like the actual movie. Yeah, anyway. I'll have to read the rest of that. I didn't know about that one. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, boy. So this is this is doing very well at the box office. It, it currently has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was uh, it was tracking to get, I think, $90 million its opening weekend. It, it currently has over $100 million. So it's yeah. it's doing, doing very, very well. And I think that this was going to... If it hasn't already, break the record for uh, opening weekend from a female-directed film. I mean, this will probably end up being the the, the highest-grossing female-directed film ever, I would imagine. 
which I think is a great thing. Like all these superhero movies, so much of them are the fucking same. And it's like, you can easily get a woman to do that. Like I'm, I'm almost certain that almost any director could do this and not just, I mean, I think you would have to be absolutely terrible at it in order to not make one of these work. It seems like it would be easy. I mean, it's a formula. They're, the, these movies are very yeah. formulaic, and you, you you do just kind of fill in the blanks with them and just take out this hero and put in this hero and take out this villain and put in this villain. Uh, but I think that there's a lot of cool things you can do with it. Like the fact that this takes place in World War One. I think that that's cool. They could have just had it set in modern times and made See, it this is made it very this, samey. This is where we kind of disagree just a little bit, right? Because now, I mean, I haven't seen that many superhero movies, but the whole World War II angle, this is where I think they kind of like they kind of um hamper themselves where it's like let's let's think of something else let's like let's use some creativity let's be a little bit inventive instead of you know being shackled to the past where we're gonna you know let's put our superheroes in you know in historical contexts like no let's just create something new let's not have it be in world war ii you know let's just have it be in something something that you created that you came up with on your own that's what i would like to see so what like fighting in cambodia or something fucking anywhere there's an entire world out there there's you can make up your own there's they could have fought in in the uh in her homeland you know everyone could have fucking got through that fog force field and showed up there we could have fought there that would have been cool yeah it'd still be world war one though yeah but it would be in a different setting see creativity a little bit yeah I, I mean, I guess it's, I guess it's fine. I, I would just rather have it be set in that time period than just another modern one. Like I, I, I think that going back to, you know, the that what what nineteen eighteen or something like that, whenever this took place, like I think that that's cool to go back that far and to have it set during that time period. Like, I would much rather have it be then than just another modern one where she's fighting some giant monster in New York. Okay, yeah. Now, that isn't to say that I completely disagree with you. Like, I'm all about new ideas in these movies and bringing them to new locales and new time periods and all of that stuff. But I think that really, really at the the heart of it, this is an origin story. And to do a Wonder Woman origin story, you kind of have to go back, you know, because True. the character True. is, it's an old character. So you, you do kind of have to go back to the beginning. And they, of course, they, this is what they set up in Batman v Superman with the photograph and all of that stuff. Yeah. Which is another okay. thing that, I, that I'll say. Uh, I was wondering. They, they, they I was didn't... wondering what the photograph thing. I was like, I think I'm missing something. Yeah, here. yeah. That was uh, when... It, when Bruce Wayne was basically researching all of these people like uh, that he was going to, that are going to be in the justice league. He was trying to figure out who this Diana character was. And he found that photo. So then he realized that she's, she's someone special, but that was one thing that I did appreciate in this is that there weren't too many tie-ins and callbacks and all of that stuff. Like, I don't know if there was a post credit sequence. I, I had to pee so bad. I had to, I had to like, yeah. jet out of the theater. <laughs> uh, uh, 
yeah, I was a little bit, I have to say, I was really worried at the beginning because like the first, one of the first fucking things that you see is the, you know, the, the armored vehicle pull up and it's just like, oh God, how many times are they going to be? Well, apparently there was a an Aquaman Easter egg somewhere where you can see like a trident or something, but I, I don't recall seeing that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that was in the movie, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't think that. I thought that they were they were good about not doing that. Uh, it's a pretty long movie too. I was when I saw the runtime, I was like, oh man, I bet Kevin is just hating that. So I was actually, I, uh, well, two things. I didn't really feel it, but at the same time, it's been a while since I've been at the movies that I think I was just I was so into the experience of it. You know what I mean? Like being out of the house, being out of the movies. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, I was so into just wanting that to last as long as it could. Yeah. That I was just like, play anything on that fucking screen. I'm here. <laughs> do it. I didn't, I didn't feel the runtime either. I thought, although it is almost two and a half hours long, it didn't feel bloated or anything to me. Uh, so I, it didn't bother me. I mean, I've, I've come to expect the longer run times of these superhero movies. That's just yeah. the way they are. And a lot of them tell pretty long stories. So it's sort of par for the course, I'd say. Now, one, I just, uh, one of our contributors, Ken, brought this to my attention this week. The new Transformers <laughs> movie. Did you see the runtime on this fucker? His tweet. It's three and hours have, long. And I want to point out. That's because you fuckers have been complaining about character development in these Transformer <laughs> movies for fucking ever. So guess what? They're going to do backstories on every single Transformer from birth to death. And now you guys have to sit through that shit. Oh, I'm not. Been comp- I didn't, I didn't <laughs> see the last Transformers either. I'm not going to see this one. That, that, that one lost me. That's, that, that series lost me after the, the second one. I was, I was done. It's yeah, over it three hours long. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's over three. It's much. over three hours long. <laughs> like, I mean, that's, that's like that's like Scorsese levels here. I mean, that's like giant epic Oscar winner type movie run times. I I I, I can't even. <laughs> when he when he tweeted that, I was just like, what? I, I was Trend. so blown away by that. That'd be an interesting thing to see if that's what blockbusters are heading towards like if, if they're gonna like if blockbusters and <clears throat> and lob diaz movies are sort of working towards each other where they're gonna end up being like five and a half hours long i mean a lot of them these days are basically just one long story you know that that just they break up into several sequels so they're in a way they're already doing something like that yeah but yeah, that's I mean, just... I, it's that. It, I mean, because what could be worse? Do you want? And he's probably still going to do this, but you know, a, a three plus hour Transformer movies, or do you want him to take that story and break it into three separate films? Well, see, there's, there's a the, the thing about that is that that's when you do put in like padding, you know, to extend the well, runtime. Yeah. Well, and that's what they do. They're like, okay, so we have we have a story here. We have a beginning a middle and an end okay let's make let's break those three apart and make them separate films right so you have to add different pieces in to i mean if they did like what what tarantino did with 
Kill Bill, like that was a, a really long movie that he just split into two parts because of the length or, or Nymphomaniac too, where they like literally just split it in half. Then, then yeah. I don't have a much of a problem with it. But when you start adding bits in to pad it out to create, you know, from a three hour movie, you split it and then you get two, two hour movies. That's like an extra hour of garbage you put in to extend them artificially. And I'm not all about that. Yeah. But I'm not all about these Transformer movies to begin with. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you probably saw the trailer for the new one before Wonder Woman, right? I did not. Oh, really? Wonderful. Well, they played it before mine, unfortunately. <laughs> happy to be up and I didn't get to see that. Oh, it just it looks. My viewing of Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman just got better. It just it's so it looks so generic and boring and awful. Hmm. Yeah. It's just it anyway. About right. Anyway, let's get back to Wonder Woman. Uh, let's throw out some scores for this. I'm going to give Wonder Woman a 7.5 out of 10. Hey, now. Look at you. I gave it a 5. <laughs> Straight down the middle. Mediocre. Straight down the middle. I, re- I did love, uh, which I completely forgot to mention, but I did love the um, <clears throat> Lucy Davis as the, as Etta, as the, kind of the comic relief i was expecting more of her actually from like just judging from the trailer uh almost everything that she does is in the trailer for the most part and so so i was kind of expecting more from her character and uh i wanted a little bit more from her character because she was she was so great she was fun yeah uh so yeah wonder woman solid movie i would i would recommend Kevin fucking hated it because Wonder Woman's poor. <laughs> Wonder Woman's not poor. Why you gotta put fucking words in my mouth? Didn't say I fucking hated it. I said, said I'm sorry. Uh, Which like you can just can that I think from now on, and <clears throat> like you can just text me after a movie and be like, "What do you think?" And I'll just be like, "Use my recording of me being like, it's alright," and then you can just you know record it without me. All right, we'll we'll see how that goes. Thing. <laughs> it might be logistics might be tough on that one but we'll, we'll we'll try it out i believe in you you'll make you'll make it work you'll figure it out it's to require some really tricky editing but <laughs> uh so that's wonder woman that's in theaters right now let's move on and talk about some of what we've been watching on the watch list oh boy uh-huh. gotta uh, missed a lot of stuff a lot of stuff in the last couple weeks Uh-oh. i guess I guess I'll I'll start with Alien Covenant because we didn't talk about that at all on the show. Get it? Uh, I enjoyed Alien Covenant. I was a little disappointed in it, to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, I think my expectations were just a little too high going into it. It I liked it more than Prometheus, but significantly less than uh, the first two Alien movies. I think it was it's probably the third best in the in this the whole saga. So including those shitty avp movies and prometheus i think it's the third best so it's it's not bad by any means it's just it's just not on the same level as the first two i didn't really expect it to be but i guess i was just kind of wanting a little more out of it uh the this the effects work is really good i thought that almost everything was cg but i got the art book for this movie and realized that a lot of it they they used animatronics and suits and puppets whenever they could. 
Uh, so all of that stuff looks really good. Um, visuals are really, really solid, just like they were in Prometheus. And uh, I would, I would, I would recommend it. There was just certain things about it. I mean, there's certainly there's still a lot of holes in the story that I think that they need to that that really Scott needs to answer in the next one. Just because some things are answered from Prometheus, really nothing actually. Now I think about it, it's like more <laughs> questions come up. More, more, more things. Maybe a couple things from Prometheus are answered, but. For the most part, uh, there's still a lot of lingering questions about I love how quick you were. Yeah, yeah like some questions there, none, none at all. I will say that there's uh, this isn't this isn't a big spoiler or anything, but there's a chest bursting scene where instead of it coming through his chest, it actually goes out his back, and yeah. oh my god, is that uh, is that disturbing and graphic? Uh, Danny McBride was great in it uh it's rare that we see him in any kind of dramatic role i don't know if he's ever been in a dramatic role i'm sure he's gotta have one in there maybe somewhere. maybe but he he did a really solid job i mean he, he did bring some comedic relief to it certainly but he was he was really I, good um you know it's it's always nice to see amy simetz in there she was she was good in it as well she like she the, had a smaller role but uh she wasn't because i did that i was wondering on that yeah, she, she in a lot or just kind of a little bit. She's in. She wanted yeah. if she wanted if she wanted the people in the beginning. No, not she didn't die no. like right off the bat, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, those people. I was like, yeah, you're not gonna be around long. Yeah, uh, Catherine Waterston. She was clearly the sort of the Ridley or the yeah the Ridley the Ripley character, <laughs> and. Uh, she did a really good job. I thought that she was, she had a stronger, like her role was stronger than, um, Numi Rapace's character in Prometheus. Like she was more of a badass. She was more of kind of a take charge type of person that just got shit done. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I, I, I thought that she was, uh, she was really good in it, but overall I enjoyed it. Didn't think it was transcendent or anything, but it was a good entry in the, in the alien series. So, I would recommend checking that out. Alien Covenant. I would. I, you now got me on this. Since they have a chest burster coming out the back, I would like to have a chest burster where it can't come out the front, can't come out the back, so it goes straight up. It does. There. Uh, spoiler. That that does happen in the movie. The and one, just the whole head explodes. It comes out his mouth. It actually like rips through his mouth, and like his jaw gets okay. ripped off, and everything. It comes through his mouth. It's fucking horrific. Okay, that could be what I'm looking for. I'm thinking more of like a, you know, like a big thing where the whole head just explodes. Mm, I mean, it sort of does, but it's more like the bottom half explodes. Okay, that could still. It's that could still when be you see it, it's like kind of more disturbing that if his whole head ripped off, just the fact that his yeah. bottom, the bottom part rips off. See, in that small moment, you sold me. I'm gonna see that. You'll. Yeah, uh, I think speak- you'll appreciate it. Oh, I, I definitely will, by the sounds of it. Uh, and speaking of Alien, I saw the first Alien. All right, so... You've seen this I, before, right? This is like a rewatch. I, just... I, do, I, don't, I don't think I have. I don't know. I'm really confused. It's one of those things where I, I thought I've seen this movie before, but I'm not 100% sure, and I, you kind of get... You end up kind of... Ends up kind of fucking with you because... You start to realize, like, maybe I just thought I saw this movie because of 
the endless pop culture references that have been playing out throughout the years and it's just kind of like supplanted in my mind that I have seen it but I've come to realize that as watching this is that there's a ton of stuff that I don't remember so I don't think I've seen this movie before well I, I rewatched it too um right after I saw Covenant and Holy, I mean, I've seen this movie a million times. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. And every time I watch it, I'm just so amazed at how well it holds up and just how perfect of a movie it is. Like, I, I, I feel like it's a near-perfect movie. Yeah. It's just... But they, like, a lot of the design work is just absolutely fantastic. Especially when they, you know, they kind of go into the into the alien ship and everything, you know, and they have the the shots from way back and kind of show the scope of it. It's just, man, that's incredible. And just the, the, the more you watch that movie, the more kind of nuanced things that you find, like just the sound, all the sound design in that movie is just so incredible. Everything, everything about the sound, all the little noises and just kind of ship noises and everything that, that like the computers and all of that stuff. It just sounds so amazing. And then of course the lighting in that movie is out of control. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I loved how much of it is reliant on the cat's actions. Mm -hmm. Like pretty much the cat drives the entire movie. Yeah. After a certain point, it's them trying to find the cat, them getting misdirected by the cat. Why do they have a cat on the ship in the first place? Did they wake up the cat at Poor some Poor Harry point? Dean. Yeah. Oh, man. Yafai Kota, though. Come on now. How many oh, yeah. Oscars does he have? The answer None. is none. I don't think he has any. Which means not enough. Because he needs like nine. I agree. Or ten. He should really get an Oscar for every movie he's been in. Yeah, I just... Uh, I, for any of you listening out there that haven't seen the first Alien movie, oh my god. Just pause this and go watch it because it's just... It is truly one of the greats. Never gets old for me. Never. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. like I like I, I rewatched Prometheus also this week and wow. or last week I guess and then it that one just uh like I, I don't think I could rewatch that anytime soon. Like Alien I can rewatch and Aliens I can rewatch yeah. over and over again. They never get old. But like Prometheus, I'm just like nah, nah, that's not gonna happen. <clears throat> Uh, I saw Free Fire. Oh yeah, how was that? The old, the old Ben Wheatley, Ben Wheatley joint. Uh, I I really enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed it immensely. Actually, I didn't really know how it was gonna work because it's it's a movie that takes place in one location and it's basically just one giant gunfight. You know, one giant action scene, sort of. Okay. Uh, but it the way that he brings i mean he brings his style to it and i think that you know ben wheatley has a very distinct visual style and when dealing with uh sort of a contained movie like this that's in a warehouse you know not a very glamorous location he's able to do a lot of really cool um camera tricks and framing and things like that to to keep it fresh as as far as the visuals go uh there's a lot more I knew it was kind of an action comedy, but there was there was more comedy than I expected, and uh, it really went to some interesting places too. So I enjoyed Free Fire. I think I think you'd probably have fun with that one. The check that one out though. It did look interesting from the uh, from the trailers. 
Yeah, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of Ben Wheatley too. Even if I felt like uh, I felt like High Rise was a little bit of a letdown, mm, but this one yeah. I I thought was yeah. Uh, I got to see Fences. Denzel Washington oh. directed yeah. and starring in Fences. So uh, going into it, I did not know that this is a cinematic adaptation of a play, and you know how I kind of feel about those. And this is much like uh, a lot of the issues that I have with a lot of filmed plays, is that it plays out like that. It feels like a play, which, I mean, I, th- I find it irritating. You know, you, it's a new art form. You can literally do whatever you want. Why are you doing theater? Theater exists. Do theater. Do something else in, you know, in the realm of cinema. But here we are. And uh, within several minutes, it becomes quite clear that you realize why Denzel Washington is directing this and why he cast himself in the lead in this because his character never shuts up. And it's essentially just to show (laughs) how great, you know, how great of an actor he can be. And he plays it much like you would expect Denzel Washington to play it, which I love Denzel. I'll watch him in anything. But it's Denzel Washington being Denzel Washington. It's pretty much every character you've seen him be for, you know, the last couple of movies. So it's a little disappointing. I'll tell you, one of the reasons that that this one really didn't do it for me was... Uh, the trailer and then any clip that I've that I've seen for it, it's always been the exact same one. Like they didn't like all I know about it is that his son goes out into the backyard and talks to him. And then he gives this uh, rousing speech about how he doesn't have to love him or whatever. Yeah. And then Viola Davis is there crying yeah. in the in the doorway. Like that's that's the only scene that they ever show from that movie. Well, just a heads up, if most of it takes place in the backyard, and it, most of it is just him talking. He's essentially, he, like, he's just a terrible person in this movie, and he just reigns over everyone, and he is, he is commanding every conversation. He's just, he's talking over people, he's interrupting them, he, like, it, he's the show, right? And everyone is just, you know, bit players to his, his star, which... It, it gets irritating rather quickly and you kind of think that at some point there's going to be this kind of like realization of like how terrible he is and there is a little bit but it kind of falls back into like well yeah i mean he was a good man and it's like no he wasn't <laughs> like wait we don't need movies and or plays like highlighting these people like they're awful let's just fucking forget about them and move on well, sticking with the award winners, and, and I'm not gonna pursue fences. By the way, you didn't sell it. Don't. You didn't sell it to me. No, don't. Uh, sticking with award winners, I saw La La Land a couple weeks ago. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, you know, I was like, whatever. Uh, I'm gonna give it a look just just to see what what all the fuss is about. And as expected, I wasn't into it. I just. There, there were there were some aspects of it that that I thought were were strong. The uh, visually, it's it's pretty great. It it looks really awesome. Uh, I love the there's this uh, the big there's a big musical number at the in, during the intro of the film, and I thought that that was the best part of the whole movie. And everything else was downhill after that. 
which is funny because like in the intro, uh, Emma, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling aren't even really in it. And mm. they are sort of, but not really. Yeah. So I was like, okay. And then the rest of it just felt so, uh, I don't want to say pretentious, but it just felt so uh, lame. I guess <laughs> it would be the one the word I would use. Like Ryan Gosling is this. The thing about it is, is like it's his love story, but Ryan Gosling's character is not likable at all. Like he's kind of a dick. Like he's this jazz snob who looks down on anybody that that doesn't have the same level of respect for jazz that he does, and. He's just this sort of dickhead who is not a very nice person at all. So right out of the gate, I'm like, well, I don't really care if, if these two, I mean, she's better off without him anyway. Like, I, I don't care if this works out between yeah. them because he, he's a, he's a dickwad. And the, I mean, the big thing is the music, obviously there's only like about one song that I liked. So that was also a, a hindrance for me. Yeah. I can see that. And being an issue. I just didn't, I'm not a musical guy. There's an occasional musical that I'll like, but I just did not really see what the fuss was about with this one. Hmm. I just was not on board with it. I, I hope that, I know you won't, but I would I would really love to to hear what you have to say about this movie. There, I, I'm never going to watch it. I mean, there's like a sliver of me that's like, I should maybe check this out see what everyone's this, talking about but i know i'm not gonna like it i just know like yeah I don't, this was I don't, a this was i don't like his idea of jazz because he's you know from what i saw in whiplash he's like that fucking boring ass with marcellus like the free form yeah oh god like i don't need that shit that's i'm not i don't want that and then it, for you to say you know like coslin's kind of like a, a jazz snob and just no thanks. That sounds awful. That sounds so terrible, actually. Yeah, it's uh, it's not great. This was a cleaning movie for me, so I could add this to my cleaning movie list to put this on while I was cleaning the apartment. Uh, that's see, that's and what the they, way that I'm. You know, they came out with the. I think they just recently did like a, a top comedy movies or whatever BBC poll or whatever. They need to do that top cleaning movies. Well, the the way that I gauge whether or not I'm. I'm liking a cleaning movie that I put on is how many times I stop cleaning to sit down and watch what's on the, what's on the screen. I love this idea that like, that's how we should gauge all movies. So like if it, if it grabs me enough to make me stop vacuuming or doing dishes or whatever, or dusting, uh, and, and, and then it, I just, I try to see how long it holds me. So if it holds me for five minutes. That's not a good sign. If it holds me for 10 or 15 that's a really good sign. I also love if I end up, I also love that this is extremely I, unprofessional. <laughs> well, I wasn't watching this for like review or anything. Oh, uh, this was this was just uh, whatever. Like, I do, I do like this. A, I th- I think that you should cultivate this idea, and each week you should have one movie, and you know, kind of wait, like build things up, cleaning wise. You know that you're doing this on a deep clean day. You're doing, <laughs> so, you know, you're cleaning baseboards and that type of thing. So for the purpose of for this project, I should just live in squalor for a couple weeks. You don't. You're not and then come back the and house. do a deep it's clean. Just, you do all the cleaning on like a Saturday or Sunday. All that cleaning needs to be done on that day, 
and then you, that's when you pop the movie on, and then that's when you got to do your dusting, your baseboards, your sweeping, your dishes, cleaning your coffee yeah, pot, I mean, I could, that type of thing. Well, the dishes, that has to be an ongoing thing. But typically, I actually do wait. I do only do, uh, I clean the whole apartment once a week. So it is it is pretty much a once a week thing. I mean, aside from the dishes <laughs> and the countertops and stuff in the kitchen, if it if they get messy. There you but go. it is pretty much, I, I vacuum and dust once a week so la la land so, didn't, didn't make it didn't make it through cleaning cleaning trumped la la land that's what you're saying no um no there were there were maybe two or three uh there was like one five minute sit down and then maybe two ten minute sit downs but for the rest for the rest of the time i just you you enjoyed, cleaning. you enjoyed Actually, yourself cleaning more so than watching no la la this was the, this this was also one of these deals where I finished cleaning before the movie was over. So then I just had to sit down and deal with it until the end. <laughs> nice. Cause this is like over two hours long. So mm. yeah. Did you wish you had more deals? Clean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, well, here's the thing. If it's really bad, I will find more to clean. Like mm. if it's, if it's really difficult, I will find more to clean just so I don't have to, keep sitting through it so i did end end the cleaning i didn't do like you know deep real deep clean so it wasn't absolutely atrocious but it was not for me mm. okay okay well i'm 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 done watch list wise okay i'll add uh i'll mention one more i saw wilson this is the uh craig johnson one with woody harrelson this was uh th- this was a tough one because we we got a shout out from Daniel Close on uh, the review I wrote for the Criterion version of Ghost World, and that was like such a huge like when I read that uh, on Facebook, I was like, "Holy shit! Like this is this is incredible!" I'm such a huge admirer of his work, so I was like feeling real good, and I was like, "Oh wow, uh, I should watch Wilson. I wanted to see that because you know it's based on a graphic novel of his by the same name, and I did not like Wilson at all." <laughs> That's that's yeah. Because I like that graphic novel actually. I didn't read that one, but the uh, the movie version not good. I I did not enjoy myself at all with this one. I didn't. I really didn't find much of it funny at all. And Woody Harrelson's character, it's not like he's a funny or lovable type of uh, curmudgeon. It's just that he's a slightly odd, like not very. Uh, not very affable type of curmudgeon where he doesn't do things that are, that are antisocial per se, which is what I kind of expected. Like he just kind of has this general cynicism about humanity, but mm-hmm. he does these like weird things where he just tries to desperately connect with people where he'll like, he's on a bus and it's only him and one other person on this bus, but he'll go and sit next to that one person and try to spark up a conversation with him. Like he has this, this uh, huge, uh, he has this disdain for phones, like smartphones and people that are that are glued to their their screens and stuff. So he always tries to spark up this human interaction, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he's not a very He's not a very likable guy, so people don't really want to talk to him anyway. Yeah. Because <clears throat> he has no filter whatsoever. I mean, the poster shows him standing directly next to somebody at a urinal, and all the other urinals are open, 
and um, that that's a scene that happens in the movie. And he tries to have this conversation with this guy about his kids while they're, you know, using the bathroom. And he does end, he does end the, that conversation with nice cock, by the way. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it just didn't really work for me. Basically it's about, uh, Woody Harrelson plays this guy who, um, his, his, um, what is his dad? His dad dies and he is basically just very lonely. His best friend is, is moving away and all he really has is his dog to keep him company. And he finds out he so he, he looks up his ex-wife and he finds out that she's she's living nearby and then he also finds out that he has a daughter that was put up for adoption so he tries to rekindle the relationship that he that he missed out on with his daughter but through a series of events he ends up in jail and he's in jail for like 20 he's in jail for a really long time like uh it's an odd how, turn how many hmm it's an odd turn yeah, he's in. He goes to jail for like five years or something, and he gets out, and his dog died, and his ex-wife is getting married and moving to Australia, and he's just like even worse off than before. And it's just a, it's a really depressing movie. <laughs> and that's not necessarily why I didn't like it. I just I didn't think it was very well made. I didn't I didn't like the uh, I, I didn't find the humor to be. Uh, to really land and I was expecting to really like Woody Harrelson's uh, performance but I did not like what he did with the character at all mm. so unfortunately yeah, it didn't work for me Laura Dern plays the ex-wife she was great in it she was really good yeah. and uh, Cheryl Hines is in it plays her sister and they have a really there's a really uh, really good scene involving the two of them kind of going at it um so there's there's some good qualities to it, but overall did not really enjoy Wilson. That's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's let's move on and talk about some release dates. It comes at night comes out. I'm pretty excited about this one, Joel Edgerton. I'm just I'm ready for this to be over. You're not into it? You don't want to see it? No, I mean I do want to see it. I'm like I I was originally like mildly interested in it. I mean I wasn't a huge fan of Kreisha, but like I was like, oh, it'll be interesting to see what he does next. But like, the, just the nonstop on Twitter with this movie, it's just it's one of those things where it's it's kind of dead to me now, and I just want it to be completely over and done with. Yeah, I could see that, but I'm still really excited to see the the movie. Uh, the Mummy comes out. This is the one with Tom Cruise. This one's not doing it for me. Not too interested in this. What's your take on the Mummy? No. <clears throat> no. 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 Then we have Aaron's Blood coming out. What, My cousin that? Rachel. What was that one? Aaron's Blood. Is what? that another blood movie? It's the one that came out. I think it was on VOD last week. <laughs> okay. I was about to say, is, it a, is, is this the third one? There's Sammy Blood and Aaron's Blood. Okay. Then we have My cousin Rachel. This is the one with Rachel Vice. Okay. Uh, not uh, not too into that one, but. Um, Looks like it could be decent. Let's see what else we have. As Good As You, Night School. It's a documentary. Oscilloscope's putting that one out. Beatrice at Dinner. Uh, Megan Leave. Uh, Megan Levy? Is that coming out? Is this a typo on my list? It says Megan Leaves on my list, but I think that might be Megan Levy. 
It, it is. Oh. Awakening the Zodiac. Ooh, okay. Uh, the, yeah, that one. That one's a horror movie that that is about the Zodiac killer coming back, Ooh. coming back like thirty years later or whatever, and starting the killing again. Oh boy, watch out, Chris Brown. Welcome to my life. No thanks. You excited for a Chris Brown documentary? No, thank you. No. Do we need that? I feel like there's so many other artists and musicians that just, so are many. more deserving of a documentary. Yeah. Than Chris Brown. They're not even just artists and just people. Just regular people. Just, yeah. Just regular people. God. The Hero. This is with Sam Elliott. Okay. Uh, about a aging actor, Western actor. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. Seems like it might be, uh, yeah. Probably not a big big reach for Mr. Elliott. Shimmer Lake. The uh, Camera Obscura. I Love You Both. Hunter's Prayer. Oh my God! Is this all on? Yeah, this is all in the night. P.S. Jerusalem, Dawson City, Frozen Time, Radio Dreams, Robta, Raising Birdie, and Middleman. Okay. I feel like there's yeah. just more and more and more every week. It's more. Yeah. No, it, it definitely is. It's like forty-seven. Bod titles. next week. Yeah. Oh my God! There's Bod too. On the sixth, we have Dark Signal, The Drifter, Heartland besetment in Aaron's blood and the wedding invitation and prisoner X <laughs> is <laughs> that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven movies on VOD next week on Tuesday. Oh my God. None of those look particularly good to me. It feels like dark I, signal. Maybe I have a feeling that this Aaron's blood is going to be one of those movies that we talk about every week for the next like eight weeks. <laughs> yeah. Remember, I think that started with two guns. I remember we were doing the, it felt like every week we were mentioning two guns. Yeah, no. Then the how two guns has become Aaron's blood. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, every couple of months we'll get one where that just gets mentioned every single week. And okay, Friday the ninth we have As Good as You, Random Tropical Paradise, Band Aid, and Shimmer Lake. Shimmer Lake is going to be on Netflix. Okay. All right. Blu-ray next week. This is for Tuesday, June 6th. We got the Transformers movies are obviously getting a re-release on Blu-ray because that's just what they do these days. You can't mm-hmm. just leave that shit. I mean, there's already Blu-rays. So why do we need more Blu-rays? Just one vision. release. <clears throat> can't can't like, stop, won't stop. Like, there's not that much money in physical media in these days. So it's like, why? Why not just do the one release? You got to make that money. Yeah. All right. The Axe Murders of Basilica. Oh, no, it's v- Villas- Villasca, not Basilica. Uh, what else do we got here? Journey to the West, The Demons Strike Back, a movie called Kill 'em All, starring Jean Claude Van Damme, A United Kingdom, Voice from the Stone, Enter the Warrior's Gate, The Ticket. Cure for Wellness, Bambi, getting a uh, anniversary edition signature collection release. The Beauty and the Beast live action one is getting uh, released. Major Pain from 1995 starring Damon Wayans. Hell yeah. Blu-ray release. Get it. Major Pain action. That's the pickup right there. That's the one you got to get. That's your pick of the week? That's the pick. And Aaron's blood. Aftermath. 
Yeah, that and Aaron's Blood. Aftermath, <laughs> starring uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, is coming out. Aaron's Blood is coming out on Blu-ray <laughs> next week. Oh, my God. I, I got to watch this movie just to see what the hell it's all about. It looks uh, like it's some sort of like religious, maybe uh, possession-type movie. Uh, Elion is coming out. That's the documentary about Elian Gonzalez. It catches up with him now. See what he's doing now. Just see what Elian's all up to these days. See what's going on. Yeah, just check it in. Probably watching Aaron's blood. Probably. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Do you have any criterions next week? I do. We have one. And that's Ugetsu from Kenji Izuguchi from 1953. This is... Uh, I've been wanting to see this one forever. This is supposed to be one of those, you know, one of the greatest movies of all time. This is also going to be available on iTunes along with the Blu-ray. So Okay, cool. Pick that up with your major pain and your Aaron's blood, and you got yourself a full weekend. <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right, I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulsenet and at filmpulsekevin. If you have a minute, take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash filmpulse. Consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We will see you next week.